Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And a tough fight to hands. There's a tap. Marvin Vittori's been waiting for it. I just trained so hard, and this is my reward. You know, that's all I want. This is my life. Marvin, the Italian dream. Vittori! Oh, Nelson! Come back! Throw it Allen! Wow! I don't know if you know, but I've been there before. Arnold Almighty Allen! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt, Sarah, and I. Uh, we're not sure how busy our show will be today. We're going to be starting in a couple of minutes with a friend of mine, a really, really solid, funny comedian, Nate Bargatze. He's got another Netflix special. I should know the name of it, but I'm a shit friend. Um, but he's really funny and he's a he's a really good comic. And um, we also possibly you mean the greatest, the greatest average American. Yes, that is the name of it. Now yes. streaming on Netflix. You're a better friend than I am to Nate, which really hurts me a lot. Um, Marvin Vittori may be on uh, fighting the main event this Saturday against Kevin Holland. Who Say what you want about Kevin Holland. Giant balls and what a work ethic to step in on 10 days notice against fucking Marvin Vittori after a decision loss. Um. Very, very motivated to get back. And uh, Arnold Allen, who is uh, fighting uh, Sadiq Youssef in the co-main event, will also be joining us, number 10, Featherweight. Uh, you want to start with uh, Nate, Matt? Is there anything you wanted to cover first? I don't want to... No, man. Let's dive right in. Hey, Nate. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Good to see you all. Nice to meet you, Nate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Matt and, and, and Nate, you guys have never met. And uh, Matt, uh, Nate was on uh, my show with Sam. Uh, a couple days ago, I guess it was, was on Thursday you were on, and it's nicer doing this in the afternoon, isn't it? Doesn't the mornings just fucking stink? Uh, it's the worst, dude. I mean, you wake up and you're just like talking to people. You've been awake for five minutes and you're talking to thousands of people. It's weird, too, because like as comics, like we're just having a conversation. I like to just have a conversation with somebody, especially you, like a guy who I know. But isn't it it's weird when you go on a radio show and they want you to do bits or they want you to do like, hey, what do you want us to lead you into? I'm like, fucking nothing. I'm not going to do my act. It, it won't sound right. So it's old school radio. Bob and Tom used to do that a lot. And I think they still do it now. But like uh, some of them still do it. It's almost like hopefully more people with podcasts have gotten a little better with being like, yeah, dude, we don't. I don't do my act. 
Do you guys, can I ask you guys as comedians, do you ever feel that pressure, whether it's like we're talking about on a, a podcast or something, or even amongst friends or acquaintances to be that dancing monkey? Like when you're not being, maybe you're a little quiet that day or something, you're like, people are like, yeah, what the, you're usually a funny guy. You ever get that? You ever get people expecting you to kind of make them laugh? Yeah. I mean, they, no, no, they do. I mean, they expect you to be fun. They always ask my wife that. Like, they're like, you know, they think, oh, is it, is it just like a awesome time every day? And you're like, no, dude, I still live a life. You get in fights. You have to go pick your kid up at school. You have to do like a bunch of regular stuff. And, you know, you're not just like this just fun, fun time, you know, <laughs> like you can be. Chester all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, I, I, I tend to remove their expectations that I'm going to make them laugh after they see me live once. That normally ends any high hopes they had in our competition. That goes out the fucking window. But yeah, you do get that, right? Like people, sometimes you're just quiet. Like, uh, and, and, and people, like, like you said, what's the matter? It's like, no, nothing. I'm just, I'm observing you. I'm watching this. Sometimes you just want to be quiet and just watch people live a little bit, right? And just kind of soak it in. When you're on stage, I mean, you always say like, it's a, it's an hour of just us alone. Like they're paying, but you get no moments to yourself up there. Like if you're in a band, a drummer can go pee. Yeah. No one even knows, but you're up there for an hour, hour, 10 minutes. And it's just like, everybody's staring at you. You know, like sometimes you could even like turn to the right just to like, like get a break, you know, just an ounce of a break. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pressure for a long time. There's one thing too, Matt, that like, this is the thing that I, I think there's no greater feeling for a comic than when you're on. And like, I, I have a period in my act where I get my guy would be in the back and give me a light. Like when, when I know I got like, oh, I got 15 minutes left. Like when you know you're in the home stretch and yeah. like, you survived it and like, it's going okay. And I know I'm going to be okay now until the end. Like there's no better feeling than that. That fucking light when I know I'm almost finished and I can just get off especially if it's probably going not that great, right? It's almost like you're in like a life raft and you see some shore, like, oh, fuck, let me paddle that up, motherfucker. <laughs> then too, yeah, but, but in both cases, like when you're doing great, it's like, great, I know I know now the, the last 15 or 20 is very solid. Or when you're fucking having a tough time to know that like, all right, yeah, I'm almost out of here. I, I love that light. You ever do it like when it's going bad, you end up going longer? Yes. Like it's, it's almost you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to suffer through more of this than normal. <laughs> Well, you try to salvage it. You're like, I'm, I, I know I was bombing. And the owner's like, why'd you do an hour and 40? Like, I don't know. I was just trying to, to get them ba back. Like, and then you get, you get like a little laugh. You're like, okay, I'll do an extra 15. Like you're trying to almost put together a solid 30 in a row. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't happen. Can I, let me ask you guys. I'm always fascinated. Me, I love meeting comedians. because It's almost like when you meet like a, like a fighter and it, it, that career path, it could be iffy. So what does your parents think, Nate? Like when you're saying, all right, look, I'm going to go to become a, I want to be a comedian. Are they like, they want to throw something at you or are they like, go follow your dreams? No, so I was lucky. My dad's a magician. And oh, shit. So, yeah. So he, why that's funny, but that's fucking great. No, no. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, him, he, him growing up, him doing that my whole life. And so, uh, you know, I grew up with somewhat like, kind of a not normal you know he always had a day job he was a teacher and stuff but he's always done magic still does magic he opens for me on the road sometimes now oh, oh wow so it's fun and so he uh him doing that when i said i wanted to do this they were i was lucky they were very thrilled and they were willing to do whatever they i mean i talked them into giving me so much money for so many contests and so many you know i was like i got i got to do this contest that's going to change my life and it, i mean none of them work none of them matter and you're just giving 
$300 to just dudes for 10 years and then none, none of it matters. But they were very, I got lucky and they were very supportive. But yeah, some parents are furious. That's pretty, your dad's a magician. I didn't know your father was a magician either. Does he do like close-up magic or like, what does he do? He does uh, all comedy in his podcast, in his magi- uh, in his act, in his magic act. But uh, yeah, sleight of hand, a uh, lot of sleight of hand. And that's, I mean, he's very, he's right now, he's the president. There's the International Brotherhood of Magicians, IBM. And it's a large group. He's the president of that right now. So he's very, very respected and very known in the magic world. You know, magicians, there's like five famous ones. Right, exactly. Holy shit. I mean, that's that's got to be way harder to make it as a fucking wizard. No, I'm looking as a magician. Yeah. <laughs> right. The fuck. He was when I was growing up. You know, I don't think I even understood it until I started doing comedy. Like all the gigs, like all the bad gigs he was doing. You know, as a kid, you just don't know what your your dad just he does magic. It was normal. I thought everybody's dad did magic. I was like, it just assumed, you know what I know. I mean, and so, but then I realized now, like all the bad gigs I was doing coming up, you're like, oh, he was doing those gigs. He was going to wherever. And he would do some clubs because you'd run across magicians. I mean, a lot more people do magic now than they did, I feel like, back then. Uh, but it's, yeah, it was definitely, uh, it's, yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to do stuff to make a living out of. He was a clown at the very beginning when I was five. Oh, wow. Uh, so he did a clown with his magic and then he just started doing magic, which I had one special called full-time magic. And it was, and I talked about that, like him becoming a magician full-time. Did he go to clown school? Cause I, I know, I knew a guy who went to clown school. Like, like it's a real thing. Like you gotta be trained how to do that shit or did he just do it? No, he was just doing magic. So he didn't do that. was like, that's like circus stuff. I think where they are oh. circus Soleil or, or just regular circus or yeah. the clown thing is our Ringling brothers. Like you go work with them uh that's like because those clowns are not they're like you know it's like a show like it's uh they're going in the crowd they, how to interact with everybody or what whatnot he did when he was a clown he wasn't a clown very long but he you know he performed at my birthday parties or when i was five we always had to have a clown because it was they the sure. afford entertainment so it was like yeah and every kid wants him like every kid was excited except me <laughs> i'm watching him just try tricks out and that don't work at home. Like, I mean, I would say I can't, I cannot, I can't do magic, but I can ruin it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ruined for me. Now, do you ever have your father? Like it must be, you guys know how to deal with hecklers. You, had, you, had, you said you had your father open for you before. Do you ever, anybody ever like heckle your dad and you're in the back like this motherfucker? No, no, I've been lucky that uh, he, he he started open for me uh, when, you know, funny is the, one of the first colleges I ever did. He opened for me and I actually needed him because I didn't have enough time. So I was supposed to do like an hour. And I mean, I was like five years in or four years in. And I just didn't really have an hour. And so I had I was like, you got to go do like 40 minutes. But then he was he's been doing this for now, 40 something years. And at that point, 25, 30 years. And I had to tell him, I was like, don't don't like to sh- kill me where I can't follow you. Like, don't be oh, so good. Cause I mean, I'm like a new comic. That's like, I, you know, like, and he's a professional. And then he, uh, he cried when he brought me on stage. So I had to follow that worse. Than- oh my God. That's gr- That's really, it's kind of funny <laughs> and yeah. sweet and awesome. Did you make fun of him or did you like, uh, how did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't, he doesn't introduce me anymore. Cause I know he's going to, you know, I mean, now he's in his 60s, so he's going to get kind of 
swelled up a little bit. And so now I, I don't, I cut it out. Cause yeah, it was like, that's harder than following someone doing good is like your dad getting emotional and you're like, all right, dad, like I, I yeah. still do a long time. So and, and you got to walk up and go, ladies and gentlemen, a hand for the pussy, a nice hand for the, you <laughs> but my dad, my dad would probably do the same thing. Like I, I get it. My dad's emotional too. So like, um, uh, but it's funny though. It's like funny. in hindsight, it's really funny. Yeah. And it's obviously your dad's obviously a, a nice guy. Um, did you ever see uh, Penn and T I love Penn and Teller and they do that uh, fool us that great show where they have magicians come on and try to fool Penn and Teller and if Penn and Teller normally know how they're doing the trick, but they won't ruin it. Penn will ask a question. So are you thinking of like that tells the magician, hey, I know what you're doing, but doesn't give away the trick. Have you watched that? Uh, I have not seen it. My dad watches it. He has not been on it. He uh I don't know if he would even really do it right now. I mean, he's he's been doing it so long. He's just kind of do his own thing now. But he knows a lot of magicians that have gone on it and uh, and loves the show. And we, me and my dad went and saw Penn and Teller live once. And it's where they let you. They did a they did a thing where you could walk on stage and look at one of the tricks. Like everybody could come up close to look at it before they did it, uh, which I thought was. Oh wow! Yes, yes. They had like a box, and you could go like everybody could inspect it. So like before the show everybody's just before they go to their seats it was like walk on stage see the box so they did a lot of cool stuff and i i feel like the the big one with the he catches the bullet in his teeth yep that's the one that no one knows uh my you know my dad knows how everything's done and he'll usually tell me if i ask him uh and you know it's a big catches the bullet with his teeth yeah, yeah. what uh, is he bruce leroy from the last dragon yes anybody yes. anybody Did you ever see the last dragon nate I don't know. I don't think so. Well, listen, you're on Netflix. Maybe throw it in there when you get to <laughs> I, sure. I mean, you could do worse on a Sunday afternoon than watch The Last Dragon. Because Bruce Leroy did that shit before any of these fucking magicians. Yeah. Yeah, he catches it in his teeth. There's, it's oh, a very yeah. famous old trick. I don't know how he does it either. I mean, I, and I know Pam, I've never asked him. But uh, the, the funny thing about them is their deconstruction of what they're doing. Like, it's almost like a comic walking on stage and go, all right, I'm going to give you a punchline and it's going to be about um, losing something in the washing machine and then going back. Like, it's really, and but it, but it's still interesting. It still pays off even when they deconstruct it, which is really what is so fun about those guys. Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, there's, there's a bunch of different ways where the guys catch it, but they almost cannot figure out the way they're doing it. They're doing it a different way. Oh, they are. I believe so. And like, that's the thing is like, there's, you know, there's, 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 there's many ways to do electrics. And that's the thing with the magic world is like, you know, these people, all the magicians like buy tricks and like do each other's tricks and stuff like that. It's a very shared kind right. of community, not like stand up where stand ups all about your own thing. Don't steal anybody else's act and all that kind of stuff. And magic is, I mean, acts get stolen. I mean, nonstop in magic jokes get stolen because jokes don't mean as much to them. Jokes are to getting them to the next. Yeah. Uh, a little bridge, a little bridge or a little distraction or whatever. Yeah. It's like a uh, musician, like doing dumb jokes when he's, you know, in between. It's like they don't really have their own kind of thing, but the, they, they invent tricks and they sell tricks. That's a way they make money, too, is you sell you're the rights to this trick and then someone can buy it and then go do it. But a lot of magicians will just do them. I mean, that's, that's their, that's the problem they have in the magic world. Well, you look at it and it's, I guess it depends like stand up too. Depends on how your act is like, like Penn and Teller have a type of an act that would be almost impossible to steal because you'd be like, that's Penn and Teller. It's so specific. I bet for magicians, it's a little harder 
to be so specific to your own self. Like those guys have a, a, a are larger than life personalities and there's two of them and pen talks and tell her like there's a, a whole lot of different things they can do. But as an individual magician, it's probably really fucking hard to take things and make them so unique to you that anybody else doing it would be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you got to have your own personality. You got to have your own thing. Like that's what my dad did do good with his act is it's his own kind of thing. He did a big thing where he was like mean to kids. And so you do shows for kids and then bring them up and be very mean to them. And, uh, you know, parents like loved it. And it was, you know, it comes from a, everybody can tell it's like, this guy's not just mean to these children. It's like, that's kind of the act. And uh, that was something that he did. And it was very funny. He did a straight jacket routine. That was a, where he was like, I'm going to get out of the straight jacket and he gets someone to help him. And we did it a show a long time ago uh, with Rich Voss, this guy, Michael Finney. I don't know if you know him, but, uh, and with a bunch of, it was like a golf celebrity event or something, but he would get like Dick Buckus or Johnny bench to come up and help him do like un, get out of the straight jacket. And it's not the, it's not that that's like the trick's not even getting out of the straight jacket. It's he's getting help. It's the comedy. Sure. With having someone up there to help you do it. I'm always amazed, Matt, have you ever seen this? When a guy and this, these sleight of hand guys are fucking amazing. Like where a guy will do something, like, let me fix this. And he winds up taking somebody's watch off. Like those, those are pretty common. The ability that they have to remove somebody's watch while they're talking to them on. And I, and I literally have no idea how they do that unless the guy is always a plant, but I, I have no idea how they get somebody's watch off without them knowing. They can do it. It depends on the watch. The watch matters. So they have to choose the person correctly for the watch. Like my dad does that. And uh, that person doesn't know. I mean, they, he takes it and then just, and then we'll show it to him. Like, I mean, he'll do a whole trick and they'll be up there for five minutes and he's, the watch is gone in the first 40 seconds and they don't know for five minutes that their watch is gone in front of everybody. No one sees it. And it's, you know, it's just, I mean, I kind of know how they do it, but it, it, the watch matters a lot. So you got to pick, my dad brings a lot of people on. So he's got to go out and like kind of pick the person to bring on stage before the show. And with the hard part now is like people I've talked about him in my act. So they know my dad's a magician. And so when we, we don't announce him when we're, when I'm having him open, but when he comes out, I mean, he gets like a standing ovation, people lose it. And then he likes to walk in the crowd and pick someone before, but that's even getting a little bit harder because now if, you know, when you got your real fans there, yep. they've seen him. And so then they, they know like, hey, I mean, and I look like him. So they can kind of be like, oh, I bet that's his dad. And you know, my dad just wandering around. Just he just walks around the crowd like you know the whole time. Yeah, if I if my father walked through the crowd, people would start yelling, "Thanks for nothing." Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool though, man. Like, and I'm gonna guess it's got to be a clasp wash, like a, it's got to be a band. I'm guessing, and not one that you. But what, but whatever, it's still no matter how they do it, no matter how they do it, it is. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong. It, it's incredible that they do it. Like no matter what kind of watch they use, it's. The fact that it actually, if it ever works, it's amazing. The fact that it works most of the time is. I think a Rolex is tough. Like those, yeah, like those, because you got to slip that off their whole hand. Right, right. It's got to be one that kind of buttons. That they can like just do and then just pull back and it's gone. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty well. What if it was a swatch? You remember those fucking lemons? Anyway, it's the yeah. last thing I owned. Those fucking stupid ass swatches. Hey, let me ask you. You have it in your routine, Nate, about you lasting one day in MMA training. I'm not asking you to do the bit, but you did some training? 
So it was when I lived in New York. It was uh, oh shit, and uh, I forget the guy. This is, this is over ten years ago, and I signed up for a mixed martial arts class. I say I did it off a of Groupon, and uh, the idea of it was like I wanted to, you know, I, I just I, I want you to not be able to see my nipples through my shirt was the main, yeah. and then they got me fighting some kid that was not raised by human people and then wants to fight for a living like we were just like <laughs> the goals were so different that i was like this isn't this isn't my thing it was like you know i was fighting like you know some kids that are like i want to be a professional fighter and then i'm just like a guy that's like i'm just trying to get a little more in shape yeah and when you're like all right dude like this is i'm not the holds and stuff and then you know like i'm not the most i like my space like i'm not the most like someone up on me and I mean, that's an MMA is like, it is all just on you, yeah. like just grabbing and grappling. And so I did it for a, a very brief minute. And uh, the dude that trained us was great. I forget his name, but uh, it was, I, it was fun. I'm not, yeah, I love MMA. I love UFC. Oh, you do. I wasn't sure if you watched or not. I did not. Do you watch often or is it just the main fights or will you watch like whenever you can? So I, here's what I think with UFC, what UFC does so good. I'm your typical, uh, like my special is called the greatest average American. I always think I'm a very average American. I'm a guy I grew up watching in the South. College football was enormous, more than the NFL. And then we got the Titans in Tennessee. So the NFL became huge. I'm a big, big sports fan. And UFC is doing such a good job right now attracting me, people like me. I never watched MMA. I've heard of Royce, Roy Gracie or Gracie. Royce Gracie, yeah. Royce Gracie, when he would fight. You know, like George GSP. I missed all of GSP. I was like aware of him, but I, these fights were not, I wasn't aware that they were happening as often. And now UFC does such a good job to appeal to someone like me. They have a lot of main events uh, and they do big, big names. Connor was huge. Like Connor attracted a bunch of like people like me were like way into it. And we're like, all right, this is, and you've seen that like, I love greatness. And then so when I found out about John Jones and someone's like, this guy is, you know, he's he's once in a lifetime and could be so like I get and I know GSP was that, too, but I just wasn't like paying attention. It wasn't in my world yet. Well, Well, you know, GSP did lose occasionally. As a matter of fact, I I don't want to say Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Stop, Jimmy. Don't, don't embarrass me. I mean, a, a, good, a good friend of mine, the last person to beat George St. Pierre is yeah. actually Matt. Well, he was the, well, he's just, the last person to. Let's just, to I, I don't like to mention it. Matt don't embarrass me in front of my new new friend. But uh, Nate, seriously, if you ever want to catch up on some old GSB fights, I'll point you in the right direction. I'll watch you, yes. And I'll tell you the ones to avoid, too. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one you should watch and one you might. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch them both. Yeah. A good day in the office and a bad day in the office. But you are right. They do a great job having the fights, uh, so many main events, and, and so many of these fights are exciting, whether they're on ESPN+. Plus. And the fact that during the pandemic, they were doing it almost every weekend, they figured out how to manage COVID and uh, how to keep everybody safe. And like they really, I think, turned a lot of people into fans who might have been casual fans but just missed sports. And were like, hey, this is pretty fucking good. You're like, I think they want a lot of people over doing that. Well, it's not as like... You know, you get very nervous about, for me, like you're nervous about watching someone to get, I can weirdly can watch UFC. And even though I'm not on board with like a bunch of injuries, like you're kind of nervous that you're going to see stuff. But then yeah. the UFC, it does feel like you're like, I don't know, these guys are so good. A big part of it too is Dana White. Dana White, look, I've watched that dude. I watch his post-conference. 
I, it's my favorite thing. I mean, I've never heard someone talk so frankly about what's happening. Right. Uh, he's like, I just talked to Khabib after the Conor fight, and Khabib said, Dana, these are not these guys are not on my level. There's no reason for me to come back. Like he'd said that in the post conference. There's not, if I want to hear the NFL, Roger Goodell, like talk about something, he mentions nothing. If you want to know if Tom Brady's retiring, I don't, there's nothing you hear. You don't, it's like every post-conference in every major sport is like NFL and that stuff. They say nothing. They shouldn't even, they don't say anything. Dana and all those fighters just speak their mind, dude. They're calling people out. They say what they want. Like that kind of stuff, that like transparency where you get to hear everything and you're like, dude, I've never heard anybody in any sports be this open and honest about any of this stuff and let you know what's going on. And that's what kind of brought me into it now that I am way into it. I thought with like Usman, so like, you know, Usman last, uh, when he won uh, recently and he was like, show some respect on my name. I understood what that meant because I probably, I almost didn't get that Usman fight. I, I was like, no, he's really good, but he wasn't like, I didn't like appreciate him. And when he said that, and I, I did get the fight and I watched it. And when he said that, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, this dude is like nuts. It's nuts. Like, you know, and then, uh, so it's like, they're, they're, it's, I don't know. These fights are just getting so good. And now I'm knowing who more and more people are. They market them very well. Uh, they let them talk, which is great. Uh, the women fights. I mean, that's, there's, there's not a sport. I watch women sports. <laughs> there's just, I can watch some LPGA golf. Like I like that, but they, I mean, i look for, you know, uh, Ronda Rousey, also a big reason that you're into sport is, which is nuts. It's nuts that you could have, uh, women be like, Oh, that's a big reason I'm here. Cause these fights were, I was like, I have to watch these fights. You know, I have to. That's absolutely. It's funny, too, because I don't watch a lot of women's sports. Um, I don't watch a lot of any sports at this point other than UFC. But you're right. Like Amanda Nunes um, or, or Rose Namajunas or even uh, uh, John Wiley. Now, like I would watch their fight as much as any male fight. I would watch them fight like, you know, uh, I, I like to hear the fact that the way, the way you're saying that uh, Dana, you're right. It is so brutally honest. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that fight sucked. But it's like you always know that he's giving you his real feelings because he'll say stuff like that. Uh, and Goodell might be saying things that we like, but you can't hear it because everybody's booing him. I love that. Which That's I fucking love. things of all too. time is when he walks out, they boo. <laughs> they hate him. It's a great, great sport. And uh, I look forward to the fights coming up. Like, I look forward, you know, you got a great uh, Khabib. I was like, I got into Khabib a little bit later, but I saw his last probably like five, four or five sure. fights. And uh, it was like just to be appreciate like that dude and like to see him be like, oh, this dude's like, uh, I mean, I love once in a lifetime. That's what John Jones, John Jones, uh, which I know with all his problems and stuff, but he's someone that like, you know, I didn't realize how good Daniel Cormier was until I saw Cormier fight. uh, Was it Derek Lewis or Henry or someone? Lewis, he, I think I think he submitted him in the second round, if I'm remembering. So that was the first. I thought Daniel Cormier was like, I was like, this guy stinked, dude. John Jones was like destroying him. And then he fought that kid, or Derek, and then he beat and submitted him. I was like, oh, he's – it almost showed me how good John Jones is, where you're like, Cormier's like unreal. And then John Jones, you're like, well, that guy's on another world, dude. Like he's it's, – uh, it's nuts how good this guy is. And it's now they're talking. You're right, too, because Cormier is one of the best heavyweights ever. Uh, and he was a great light heavyweight. And uh, now that he's uh, retired and Jones moved up to heavyweight, his 
possibly going to fight Francis Ngannou. Where that's a fight that I mean, I really I hope they make that uh, because just two two guys where you know that either one of these guys could drop the other guy with one shot. There is something. There's really nothing like a heavyweight fight in any sport. It's just two of the biggest guys in the room. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping they, I'm really hoping they make that fight. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, I mean, that I'll lose my mind if they have that fight. I mean, I, they, you know, they do really good with the cards too. I think, I don't know the younger guys. I know like Sean O'Malley, O'Malley, like, but he's like kind of a big, you know, character. And so you kind of hear about him, but Dana's doing really good too on you on the Instagram. He'll be like, here's some fights you need to know about. He that goes really good explaining it. And gives you a reason, and they and so once you hear the backstories for someone like me, that's not, I'm I'm way more into UFC. UFC is borderline my favorite sport right now, uh, so I'm into it a lot more. But I got to figure out a way to get more into some of the names that I don't know. Uh, and so, but Dana's I think does a really good. I mean, I don't know Dana, but like I'm just saying, he does a really good job of going through when it's a fight that you don't really know anybody, and he's going like, here's some people you need to know about. And Khabib's got some of his boys fighting too right now. So, like, you can kind of recognize that name, you know, his brothers or something. And so then you're kind of like, be like, all right, let me watch this guy and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, UFC's probably my favorite sport right now. This Saturday um, is uh, it's, it's a fight night, and the main event is really great. Uh, we may have uh, one of the guys, we're not sure if he's making it today, Marvin Vittori against Kevin Holland. Tremendous fight. Mike Perry is fighting on that card. Nina Enzeroff against Mackenzie Dern. Uh, is a great fight. So this is yeah that that fight's on this card. Every weekend they seem to have some incredible cards. So yeah, you're right, buddy. And uh, I'm happy to hear from somebody like how, how you're coming to be more of a fan. That's really cool to hear. So it, it, UFC is doing something right, doing doing the job, Matt. And I do know uh, of you, and like so, it's like you do know. It's like, but I, I do know. I mean, I have Luis J Gomez, one of my best friends. So they they were talking to me about UFC. Uh, but it's really good. I mean, with Rogan and all those guys, with they, they talk about it too. The announcers, like, it gets explained in a much better way. Like, we have to have it explained. You know, I don't know the holds. I don't know what's happening. I don't know that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But it's, I think it gets explained. It, you know, you're not being talked down to like you're an idiot. It just explained a little bit easier. And then the calling people out. I mean, that's. That's always fun. Lewis, is Lewis uh, J. Gomez. No, no, of course, no, of I, yeah. I was going to ask, did yeah. he ever fight Jason Ellis or that never happened? I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, right? COVID probably messed it up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And Jason had surgery or something. Okay. I don't know if that was dead in the water, um, but I remember he- hearing about that. I offered to work with Lewis, told him to come out to Long Island, but, uh, yeah. you know, I haven't heard from him, but, you know, shit. You know, I, just I was like, one happen. thing I like about with you guys that fight, how great is it to walk around life knowing that no one can beat you up? Well, I mean, I think you, you can't be, th- well, I mean, the average guy is not going to take you out, that type of thing. You don't have, a- not, not, no pun intended, but the average American. Yeah. If you see yeah. like the teenagers walking your way, you're not like nervous. You're like, yeah, no, we'll strangle yeah. those little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to feel so like that confident. Just like you don't, you can just walk around. If someone just hit you in the head with their fist without you knowing, you would be like fine. <laughs> like you would just be. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play the knockout game where I'm listening to my headphones in New York and get hit by you, sucker punched. But, you know, I know how to protect my chin and roll with that shit. It's listen, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is what I, if you ever want to try an art again, that's what I recommend. It's the gentle art, yet it could be very brutal if you'd like it to be. And 
uh, you know, you're not getting really roughed up unless you're with a bad, you know, that your instructor pairs you up with some knucklehead. But I'll tell you right now, you can train hard every day and it gives you a cotton and, and without getting beat up or getting your, you know, brain damage or anything. You know what I mean? So it, it's a, it's a beautiful art. And uh, I teach all walks of life. So if you ever want to try something again, try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because you might not the whole, you know, jumping into just an MA class, you know, might be a little much sometimes, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I could get it. I love, like, I mean, I love golf. I'm a big golfer. And so yeah. golf is so specific and there's so many little things you got to do to make everything right. And I'd imagine that's kind of like that art where it's little, it's very little things that you have to combine to make it work. You know, it's like, it's very, you know, you're using your legs more here. And then, I don't know, it's like, it's not just, I don't know, it's, it's a kind of a magical kind of thing. It really is leverage, technique, timing, oversize and strength and explosiveness. So it really, I mean, Jimmy makes fun of me for my love of superheroes, but it really is like when you do enough jujitsu, it's like developing a superpower where you could just handle another human being. And it's like, whoa, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I, I just love jujitsu. So I like to- horse Gracie used to fight bigger guys. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's made for the weaker person to defend themselves and overcome the, the stronger. Yeah. Uh, uh, opponent. Now- now, Matt, I, I hate to interrupt you. I apologize. We have to wrap up with Nate because uh, Marvin Vittori is actually coming up. We weren't sure if Marvin was going to make it. He's uh, uh, you know, he's half of the main event this this Saturday. We didn't know if he was going to come, but he is actually here. Um, so, Nate, uh, the special on Netflix is called what? What is this called? Greatest Average American. And you're a really, really funny comic man, and uh, it's good talking to you. And I didn't know that about your dad, so it was really fun to learn that uh, about your about your father. And where can people see your dates if they want to come out and check you out live? Uh, just my website, NateBargetzi.com. They're all listed up on there. Yeah, go so. check Nate out because I know you're working on a new hour and it's kind of fun to watch somebody going through that process because you hear a lot of stuff that winds up not making it in the special uh, just because, it, you know, you go into another direction. So a lot of good material you hear in the beginning that you won't actually hear on the special. So good seeing you, buddy. And I'm really happy for you. Nice to meet you, Nate. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS what kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hey, Marvin. How you doing, What's Mike? What's up, guys? What's up, Italian how Dream? Shit. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Matt was just saying, Marvin, like, we've been wanting you to fight. Anybody you fight's an exciting fight. But this fight, just as a fan, it, it really, as much as no disrespect to Darren Till, but this really worked out well as a fan because you guys have that. Uh, how psyched were you when you heard that Kevin might be available? I, at this point, I was really ready to fight anybody, to be honest. Like, I'm in an incredible shape, and um, I just, I would have fought anybody. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I was excited to fight Darren Till, and Holland is not too bad either, you know. I think she's going to go out there, put on put on another show, show that I'm on a different level, and that's it. Just, just do me, and that's going to be enough for me to to smash this guy. Uh, I'm sorry. You fight with Jack, you fight with um Jack Hermanson. Was that was that was also was that a main event? Yeah. It was a main event. That's right. So this is your second time as a main event. Yeah, and also uh, that was also so Hermanson was firstly uh, um supposed to fight Darren Till. Then then basically Darren Till pulled out on that fight. Then uh, Holland stepped in and then I stepped in for Holland. Was that a short notice fight? Well, I was supposed to fight Jacare, and then I I anticipated right. of a week, and I stepped in for uh, for Holland, and then Holland took my fight. It's crazy that Holland is because a lot of times guys like you know they get a quick knockout, um, and then they'll take a fight. But he went five rounds, uh, <laughs> and to take a fight with you right after, I mean, it makes me respect Kevin more because obviously you're an extremely difficult fight for anybody, and the fact that he's willing to take that shot after a five round loss, uh, I really do respect that. Yeah, I, I respect that. Yeah, I, I have to respect that, you know. I, even though I fucking smashed this guy, but I respect Mar that. Marvin's a psychopath. He's always laughing yeah, he when is. he's talking yeah, about he get out of somebody. <laughs> Look at the Italian dream. Fucking, now, wait, now, Kevin Holland, did you see his last fight with Derek Brunson? Yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> I, I went off after that fight, and I'm, I'll stay by my word. That was not a nice fight. I I mean, I was a little embarrassed in the sense because, you know, as a, as, a, as a middleweight, I was embarrassed. I'm like, fuck, that's like the some like kind of an elite of my, of my division. But, you know, at the same time, at the same time, there we've seen some good stuff from both and uh, took away some, some things from both. And... Um, and that's it. But I think I think still that there's a lot of holes on, on, on both games, Branson's game and Kevin Holland's game. And um, and that's it. But yeah, I mean, I saw that. I saw that like, uh, you know, Branson was like, that's the thing. Like, look, a lot of times. Right. And now I'm, I feel like now if people fighters are watching this, I'm giving out free tips. But like a lot of people, when they go into like uh, they go into a fight thinking, I always have my grappling advantage. I always have my wrestling advantage. They don't express their striking and vice versa. And 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 uh, and so you have to be able to mix them, but at the same time, not rely one on another, you know? And uh, and it's not easy. Um, but, you know, that and that's one of the things that Brunson wasn't doing because I think Brunson could have done a little bit better standing, but... All he was thinking was, oh, I have, I have the grappling advantage. And then once he realized that he could actually take him down very easily, then he just stuck to that and came out like a very boring fight in my eyes. But he got the win. And um, 
and that's it, really. But with me, I'll just I'll just go out do me. Like you, you, you're never you're you know you're you're not gonna see a boring fight. That's what I'm gonna say. No, um, and you know, do you have any when you go into something where you have like this kind of this backstory a little bit? Uh, we guys will have it once in a while. Does it does it mean anything to you when you, when you're going in there? Like the way you feel about him personally, whether you have a dislike of him or whether you're indifferent to him, does that mean anything to you when you're walking in the fight? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I have that extra, you know, that I want to punch him in the face, and uh, and um, it's great, you know, that extra motivation, but. At the end of the day, it's all these things that you cannot rely on being an elite elite level athlete because you, no matter what, it, you're, the fact that you have to do your job and to just go out and win dominantly, it's enough for you to go out and do it. You shouldn't, but definitely like, you know, the fact that he'll talk a lot, he'll, he'll talk shit, he'll, and I feel like the moment I'll steam and the moment like, He'll say some stuff face to face. He'll really like give me that that extra fire, you know. But for now, I'm just super focused on the fight, and I'm not thinking about the extra, to be honest. Right, right. And and I I didn't think that helped him in the fight. Again, he's still a good fighter, but I I didn't think that that helped him in the last fight. That whole like I think that can work for you in in a moment, but I thought it was almost a it, it, at least from my outside point of view, it felt almost distracting and not help on helpful for focusing. Listen, I always say this, right? Like, he doesn't just do it as a weapon to to distract other people. He does it for himself too. He does it to like make the fight almost like more of a friendly game in a sense, and like take away some of the realness in a sense. And also, like, I feel like uh, he does it also to keep himself present in a sense, and just like staying in the moment. Oh, I'm talking to the guy, you know, like. I'm actually talking to the guy. This is not this is not such a crazy environment. And I'm just talking to the guy. You know, it's just more of an easy situation, actually. That that, that, that I'm trying to say what is going to his mind. That that I feel that he's doing that also for himself. What an interesting thought. You know what? That's really that you might be right about that. Like as a way to almost if I'm just playful, even though he's hitting hard and he's being hit hard, yeah. if I have this attitude, then there's less pressure because yeah. this is not as big a deal. Easy up the situation it, it, throughout the fight, throughout the media, everything like that. He does it for himself too. I'll tell you, style-wise, I like that your last fight, going into this one, I like that your last fight was versus Jack Hermanson because they're, they're different, but very dangerous in this in very in similar areas. Like very dangerous. Jack Romance is very dangerous on the floor. Very dangerous. And he has good striking. Maybe the weakest area is wrestling. I mean, that in that area, that might be similar to uh to Kevin Holland. Except he doesn't talk nearly as much. Yeah, but 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 I mean Jack's wrestling gets way superior than than, than Kevin's wrestling. Ooh, way superior, Jimmy. That's a subtle dignity. Jack got Jack has some wrestling. The guy can, can grind. He goes hard. Yeah. I'll tell you, listen. Yeah. I mean, this is really such an opportunity for you because your first time in a main event, you shined. You shined with a battle. That was a great fight. Jack, because Jack, yeah. it was almost over very you almost took him out of there early. But when you didn't, you knew not to just keep that foot on the gas and burn yourself out, even though you were on his ass. But you know, that what a great experience. You shined in your first time as a main event. Your second time now as a main event, what a great dance partner. Because, I mean, I, when I first, again, when I first heard Darren fit, um, Till fell out, I was like, fuck. Darren Till, yeah. And then when I found out it was Kevin Holland, I go, this might be even better. 
So this is your time. Marvin, is it your time? Is it time of the Italian dream? Is that what's happening? It really is. It's the Italian dream. It's, it, it is the Italian dream that is happening. I love the nickname. <laughs> now, you are, uh, I mean, you got to be, uh, it, things have really, like, you were known before, obviously people knew who you were, but it seems like there's been, ever since that you had that huge argument in the, uh, that thing that went viral, that argument that went viral, there's a lot more people who are like, I want to see this guy. Isn't it weird how something like that can happen? Something that's not planned, like a, a, a spur of the moment thing that just kind of makes more people aware. For, I mean, yeah, it is weird, but it's actually not. It's it's entertainment, man. Like people like, love this shit like they they do love it and i mean it wasn't planned i go i i always say that it wasn't planned but it happened and i mean yeah but then you know it's i think also people like that you know i'll i'll talk the talk and i'll walk the walk like you know this guy's you know when i say this stuff i really mean it i don't just stay for a moment i i i was really pissed i heard i i, I robertson that fucking time he's like you know, the first thing when they pull out, the first thing that goes into my mind is like, fuck, again. Like, I, like, I just, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel so pissed because I train harder than these guys because otherwise they would, they, they, they would have to feel pissed too. And I, I'm like, fuck, like all this, all this training, all this suffering, like all this, which I love in a sense, but it's, it's grueling in, in, in I, I wanted to, to work for something i wanted to you know to um to make it worth for something and um and so when he pulled out that time i was super pissed especially the day off over like all the london whatever yeah so that then uh, then 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 the hermanson fight took it on a week notice still put on a great performance you know and so um, yeah, I mean, I'm not just uh, one of those guys that then when they go into the cage and they crumble. Was there any other names? Because, and again, Kevin, I just checked us. We were talking March 20th was that five-round fight. When you first heard his name, did you know that he was already going to be able to? Or were they just saying, look, we might be able to, but he has to get cleared and all that stuff? Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of days of uh, uncertainty. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't really know why, because I'm like, well, he's the only option, really, because Bronson said he can't fight. I don't know. Um and I mean, I mean, I, I get it. Like 20 days, it's like 20 days after a fight. I mean, he should have just said that. I would have respected more. I guess he, he said something like, oh, my foot is hurt or like my, I have a cut. I don't know. That's, that's some bullshit for me, but um, I get it. I mean, you know, you have to make weight again and stuff and it's not easy. But yeah, Kevin Holland is, um, was the only option really. So... They, they right away kind of told me, well, there is maybe you have Kevin Holland. And obviously I was bummed because I was really looking forward to, to Darren Till. Yeah. But then I was like, uh, fuck it. Let's do it. I mean, for sure. And you're both young guys. Maybe you and Till will definitely get to meet again eventually, you know? Hey, Marvin, what are you watching lately? You watching anything new? I've been watching Warrior on fucking HBO Max, and I fucking love it. About San Francisco, Chinatown in like 1878, gangs of fucking Chinese gangs with hatchets. And oh, it's fucking really? oh, oh shit. I have to start watching it. now. I have man, I haven't watched nothing really. Give that it's, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a little kung fu-y, but it's very, 
violent. But I like it. I like I like those stuff. Give that thing a shot. You too, Jimmy. And so you've been, what are you, you've been watching anything? You've been reading anything? What are you, just besides training? Uh, nah, I've been uh, yeah, I've been reading again like some of the stuff. Um, I've been reading again like I, I I I'm reading. I'm halfway through Order of War again. I'm I'm just picking and choosing some of the stuff again, but just like. Uh, I'm reading. I, I finished to read this book of, of Nietzsche. What is that? Nietzsche. So, so spoke Zarathustra. What's that about? It's it's philosophy basically, but it's just uh, it's uh, you know he speaks about the superhuman. You know, uh, you know that you know the the goal of humans is to be a super like. But you never you never heard of Nietzsche? I have, yeah, but I, I don't know. I know he was like, uh, what was his big? There's a big. Uh, did he say God is dead, or is that is that the one who said he, that? Or know, he, he, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he, he's a nihilist, so he's just he's just saying that like he's kind of like yeah, it's hard to explain to put it together in a, in a in a sentence, but yeah, he's he's that like he he says that God like he's again like not against he just says that like for him he thinks that he doesn't exist. Yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, a lot of other things, you know, it's just I, I in a lot of other like. Cause you you have a lot of books, right? And they 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 just scrape the surface. You can just get like great great uh, like uh, great ideas from them. But when you read philosophy, I think like these guys go really deep, and it's it's cool to read some of those stuff, you know. Yeah, I've never actually read one, but this, I guess it hits you in a weird way, right? It hits you in, in a different way than something else you're you're looking at. Yeah, it just you're like you know a lot of like. I kind of like I like you sometimes you read some books and you're like, yeah, fuck, that thing makes sense because you can really like you can apply to real life really quick in a sense. But then you read some of this stuff and you're like, fuck, that's why. Like, he, like that's why you end up doing things like that way and you feel that way. About, like, it's just like, I don't know, they go deeper. And I mean, it's I think it's a, it's a nice book, but. They go deep, man. Do you do you read like self help stuff? I've never I've never read some of it, but like you know, like Tony Robbins or any of that self self improvement. Or do you not go down that? I way? I read like my dad gave me a book. Like so, there's a guy in Italy that uh, I think he started he started like uh, learning like a lot of the things that he was saying. He learned from Tony Robbins. He's called Roberto Re. And I read one of his books when I was like 15 or so, but I never read after not, not much of that. Oh, shit. And he was, yeah, it was cool though. I, I think it's a 14, 15, it, it shapes a little bit the way that helps you thinking, you know, and like shapes the, the way you want to channel the energy on some stuff more than others, I think. What did your dad do? I don't know if we asked you that last time. Did, did he did he train as well, or what? What, what was his job? Yeah, my, so my dad is actually a, a real estate agent in Italy for a long time. He's been, you know, and uh, he, he survived, man. He survived these crazy times, uh, even like from uh, 2000 and, uh, 2012 and on. In Italy, it was super bad for the housing market. But so yeah, oh, right. and then uh, yeah, he was a martial artist uh, teacher, but like. Honestly, like just like more like playing was like nothing too serious. But I was I was in the gym for like uh, since early since an early age for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of wish I had done that, but I I didn't. Um, I went the drugs route. I kind of wish I'd gone into the gym. <laughs> I'd be in better shape at age fifty two than I am right now. That's that's the way to go, guys who start really young and just kind of fall in love with it. Yeah, 
Now, I, I think, I think if I ever, yeah, eventually I'll have a kid and I'll bring him to the gym early for sure, you know. Now, Marvin, obviously you want to get to the, the belt. I mean, that's where you, where you want to uh, go. And you know that obviously Kevin has the same goal. And even though you're higher ranked, it's still a very exciting fight. Like, I, I think you're six yeah. and he's 10 and Darren was five. So, I mean, it's all kind of very closely uh, related. If you, if you are able to have a decisive win here, um, let's say you have an exciting win. Wh- where do you see your path after this? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm straight up calling out Adesanya after this. And I'm focused on 100% of this fight. I always say, like, for me, the world ends April 10th for now. You know, I don't, I'm not really, I, I'm going to think about the after, after. But, um, but I mean, I, I think I deserve the title. These guys... These guys can't show up to fighting. I, I always, I, look, I, I see it almost that way. As a fighter, your job is to show up uh, before to, before them fighting. And um, in 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 real life, if you don't show up, you lose. And in this in this matter, you don't. But she really did. In a fight, if like if I'm a if I'm right at the at, at the at your border trying to take over your land and you don't show up with your own army. I'm just taking over that land. I'm taking your spot. I'm taking where you are. That's a fight. If you don't, if you're not there to fight for what you stand for and, and, and you were scheduled to fight, you, you didn't do your job. So said that Costa pulled out for unknown reason. Kennedy hasn't been active. Uh, I mean, there until just pulled out. Um, who I mean, the only, the only, the other guy that has a that, that could have a saying it's it's Whitaker, but we'll see. I mean, well, and then we have to see what happens uh, April seventeenth too. And and before we let you go, Barry, too, what did you think of? Because it seems like uh, Adesanya lost his last fight and uh, his first fight actually, and uh, Kevin lost both on the ground, uh, both pretty much by guys who were able to take them down. Um, was that something that you were surprised at with Adesanya, or is that kind of how you would have seen a game plan against him working? I knew. I knew. I knew the guys. I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, thought he would, have, he would have improved a little bit by now, but it's still absolutely shit in the, in the floor. And, 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 and Matt, I know it made them smile when, when, when Adesanya said that he was trying to go for deep half. This guy doesn't even know what deep half is. What the fuck are you talking about? He did, he did not try to go through deep half. I know exactly because Verdum it's a master of deep half. I know what deep half is by I actually used it. I used it with uh, with Hermanson, but then he defended wrong and I came up. I used it with Hermanson. I know I'm not talking shit. I know what exactly what the deep half is, and he was saying that bro, like he was just le- like with 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 John. He was just leaning like 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 uh, laying down like. Not even closing half guard, and you're telling me that you were trying to go to deep half. He said that he said he was trying to go to deep half. Yeah, he said he was trying to go to deep half on the post fight interview. He said it. What is deep half? I mean, you basically, you basically going under the leg of your of your opponent, and you basically hugging the leg of your opponent all the way, and then you have some stuff that you go you can go from there. But you know. There is a way to go. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain it now, but he did not go for it. He didn't go. Verdum, if you want, Jim, you could watch some of Verdum's fights, and he does use that. Uh, yes, yes. 
It's like he brings the guy, he's in half guard, and he brings his head actually towards the crotch, and the guy's actually on top of him. He might take a hammer fist or something in the process, but you go one way or the other, and next thing you know, you're on top like that. So and and then Verdum, yeah, he did it with Volkov too. I think he got his back and right away though went to an armbar and then didn't finish the armbar. Yeah, he and he, he but I'll tell you, it's a beautiful way of being in a bad position and just switching it up, you know. And he's great at that. I like yeah. no, it's uh, it's good to I it can work in MMA. I, I you know it it puts wrestler in in a, like it gives wrestler a lot of problems. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because even if they got great base, you're not sweeping them. They're starting on top. Next thing you know, it's like you starting with a tight single leg on them. Like, you know what I mean? On bottom. So it's 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 it's, it's a great move, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So just to say that I thought it would have been a little bit improved, but I knew where the Sanya's grappling is really bad. But he has a little – he has understanding of his hips. And uh, if you go to the body lock, try to take him down from the body lock, he has um, – he he's he has a good understanding of his hips and he's good at scrambling back up by the cage, but that's really it. Like jujitsu, like playing jujitsu, he does not not nothing. He's like really low level. Well, you do it all, buddy. And I yes, you do. I'm so looking, for, and it's actually even better because there wasn't a fight last weekend, and now I'm even more. I can't wait <laughs> to watch the Italian Dream versus Big Mouth. This is gonna be. Crazy. Yeah, thank you. This Saturday, yeah. Good luck, Marvin. It's always great talking to you, man. This is a fight we are very much looking forward to. And uh, Kevin Holland, this Saturday night, uh, have a great fight. Thank you, man. I'm gonna deliver. Promise. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. Fifty years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. Fifty years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. Fifty years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Did you realize you got a superhero name, Arnold Allen, Bruce Banner? All I know is like three first names, Arnold Billy Allen. I think my mom and dad want me to get bullied at school or something. <laughs> Wait, you mean Arnold Billy Allen? Yeah. <laughs> now, who's, Billy, who's Billy after? I don't know. No, Billy no. <laughs> no one in particular? And is, is Arnold after anyone or no? Yeah, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. What's oh, they named you Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah. My brother was going to be uh, Sergio Oliver. <laughs> we ended well, up being Jake. <laughs> that's right, because your father's name is, is it, it begins with a P? I don't... Uh, what, Pacer. Which, a Pacer. And, uh, and he's a bodybuilder and he fought MMA. Or was, was that correct? He was a bodybuilder. He was a uh, powerlifter. Strong man. He was a strong man. Oh, so, I'm sorry, strong man. Yeah, now, yeah. Be, being a strong man, 
like growing up with that, how do you practice that? Is it all weights or do they practice like just pulling cars and, and lifting cement and shit like that? Yeah, literally that. Like I remember when I was a kid, we watch him train, he'd be pulling trucks, he'd be pushing cars, you know, lifting cars, doing all sorts of shit. And uh, yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun to watch. I, I imagine that that's a, a, almost an advantage for training because it's so different than weight training. You're using so much of your body weight in a different yeah. way and you're making movements that you might have to make when someone's on top of you as opposed to just bend. Is it a different way of training, right? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of, I think it's quite relative to what we do. You know, like you're, you're carrying, you're, you're walking, you're sort of, pushing, pulling, you know, you're not nothing stack, you're not in a squat rack going up and down, you know. So. And what kind of guy is your dad? Like uh, being a guy, I always wonder what it's like when someone is that strong where they can yeah. fight that well. Like, is he kind of a soft-spoken guy or, or does he take shit from nobody? Uh, he's a big baby, yeah. I think I could go <laughs> slap him in the face right now and he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, back in the day, like when we were kids, like growing up, oh man, he was, he was crazy. But being a strong man, he was uh he was on the source a little bit <laughs> and uh he used to get the old rage so like me and my brother used to mess with him I'd, I'd kick his seat when he was driving try and try and make him tick you know like try and make him go just to try and make him uh have the old roid rage <laughs> oh i'm That's the sauce I see what you're yeah. 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 Jimmy, what'd you think it's a marinara sauce <laughs> i know i thought it was alcohol when he said that i thought on the sauce i thought he meant like he drinks a lot but uh, then, then you said getting angry. I'm like, oh, okay. So Arnold, what? you started training at 12 years old with boxing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And was that under the great Faraz Sahabi or was that somewhere else? No, that was somewhere else. So I'm from England. I trained a little, uh, like a little village in England. So a small little boxing gym. Wow. And then what made you, when did you start working with Faraz Sahabi at TriStar? So I won my UFC debut when I was 21. Yes. And uh, uh, I got a little bit of money and I wanted to go train at some of like the big gyms. So after that, I've been there ever since. Yeah. I thought oh, I want to go train with Faraz. I want to train with these guys out there. And uh, yes, yeah, basically up ship from uh, in Montreal pretty much. That's great. What made you now Faraz is a, is a great mind for yeah. on warfare. How did you, was it because you were a fan of George St. Pierre or what made you pick out of all the, the uh, MMA gyms out there? What made you get a uh, pick a uh, TriStar? Yeah, so a bit of that, like growing up, obviously, everyone likes, uh, you know, GSP's the good role model where everyone watched him. I used to do the the, the prime times, you know, the countdown before the fights. And uh, I had a list of gyms. I was going to try some other places, you know, like nice places in Miami, all these ones by the beach and all that. But I remember seeing George's stuff and he was training. He was training. It was like minus 30 outside. He was like going to the gym. It just looked like hard work, you know, it didn't look, you know, he weren't going to the beach. He weren't living the dream. It was, it was rough. And I, I like that. I didn't want to go somewhere. I didn't want to, you know, end up skipping training to go sit on the beach. So I wanted to go somewhere and, you know, it's going to be hard work. So you went from gloomy England to the snowy Canada? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get too comfortable. I like that. Yeah, that's it, man. You can't get too comfortable, can you? <laughs> not, not in our business. No, not in the hurt business. I'll tell you, I remember when you first – it was a couple of years ago when I saw you fight Gilbert Melendez. I go, wow. And you were 25. It was a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah. I go, where'd this kid come from? Because Gilbert is a stud. Gilbert yeah. is a stud. So I'm like, all right, let me let me see Gilbert take out this young punk. And all of a sudden, wow, what the hell? It's so funny, <laughs> Jimmy, how people just spring on the scene like that. 
you know? Yeah. How was that fighting Gilbert Melendez? That must have been a, a bit of being a fan of the sport. That had to be a little. But so obviously, I, I always wanted. You know, you know how it goes in the business. You wanna, you wanna beat your veteran like that staple name to sort of put your name out there. Yes. And for me, that was that was what I wanted. I was like, right, they offered me the fight. I was like, yes, like this is this is what I want. This is how it's gonna go. And uh, but yeah, there, there was moments a little bit like watching his fight, studying his tape. I was like, man, that's Gilbert Melendez. Like I'm fighting Gilbert Melendez. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, yeah, it was obviously once you're in there, you, you know, you're not starstruck anymore. You're gonna fight the man. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. How long does it take you to get over that? Like, is it literally just the first punch or the second the belt? Like, what is it that takes it before you clear your head and go, all right, I'm just fighting this guy instead of it's Gilbert? Yeah, as soon as the contract's signed, really. Like, you know, it's Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's how I, for me. How did you take to the grappling? Because England's not known. Now it's a little different. They get yeah. caught up. But back in a, you know, I mean, they're not known exactly if they don't have the wrestling in high school and all that type of thing. Uh, yeah. How did you take to the grappling? Because I mean, your, your your stand up looks phenomenal, but you know, you obviously you, you you got the grappling down too. How did you first take to the grappling? Yeah, uh, you know what? Like, so when I was when I first started, when I was like twelve, I was doing the amateur boxing. I think I was about fifteen. I started sort of mixing it up and doing a bit more jujitsu, and it was hell. I was getting submitted day in day out. Like I was like a fish out of water, but uh, you know, you get triangled a thousand times. Eventually, you're gonna sort of figure it out. And- <laughs> Two arms in or two arms out, you start figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, then then again, like moving over the TriStar and like the grappling level there, oh, you yeah. know, the, the guys are at Henzo's, they're with Danaha, these guys, you know, you know, it was such a high level. So everyone was playing a different game, like leg locks and all these things, like things I hadn't seen in Europe before. And uh, yeah, so it was like, again, being a fish out of water again and getting heel hooked a thousand times a day, sort of learning how to do that. Yeah, it's, it was good. It was hard. Yeah, and you haven't fought in over a year now. Was that just because you were you had to straighten out a couple of paperwork issues, or or like was there another? Did you was that is that the only reason you haven't fought? Yeah, so just like I was supposed to fight. Well, I fought January last year. I fought Nick Lentz, and then I was like, right, it's time to get active. I want to fight some people, get busy. And then obviously, you know, COVID, COVID, and all that happened. Uh, there was a good few months I didn't I didn't really go to the. There was the gyms were all shut, so I trained at home. I was training on my own and uh yeah my visa for the u.s expired there was no events anywhere so i was like shit they weren't doing any like renewals for the visas and, yeah eventually i got it re- is that how it expired yeah 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 okay so that everything was shut for a while yeah, right? exactly so it took a while for the uh the embassy to open up so i could get my visa back uh, yeah i'll tell you I mean, yeah nick lentz ain't an easy guy to i'll tell you the experience you have in the octagon with these guys nick lentz is not an easy guy to get a decision from because he made no, right. it phenomenal. So I mean, I'll tell you, you're 7-0 in the UFC, and now you got a 4-0 in Yusuf. Yeah. Now, is it just give me whoever, or are you looking at this guy, another undefeated? He doesn't know what the defeat tastes like. You know yeah. what I mean? So the, the thinking with this, because I was supposed to fight uh, Jeremy Stevens in November, but he got injured, unfortunately. So I uh, ended up waiting waiting for this. I wanted like a top 10 opportunity, you know, like you say, seven wins in a row. But then uh, we got offered Sadiq and like, I like the fight because he, he's kind of similar to myself. He's he's 4-0 in the UFC. He's got a lot of hype and he wants to prove himself. And I think someone like this is it's more dangerous than uh, your Stevens, you know. Like, uh, I've beat the old tough veterans and now I need to show myself against a young sort of upcoming prospect like myself. So, this is, this is a bigger win than a uh, 
staple name, you know? Yeah, it's not always right. And it's not always where somebody, we were just talking to Marvin Vittori and he's supposed to fight um, Darren Till, but now he's fighting Kevin Holland yeah. and, and Till is obviously ranked hard, but it doesn't matter. It's still a, sometimes the name or, 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 or what somebody is trying to do. Yeah means just as much in the overall picture than the, the fact if they're they're ranked or not you're 16 and one he's 11 and one yeah, so i mean there's only two losses between you guys um both incredible records so yeah this should be a great great fight that's it man he's it's a tough test i think this is a tougher test than uh, a lot of the guys in the top 10 so i mean i think it's for both of us we both want to be in the top five picture you know and it's so, it's so weird in the UFC too, because there's so many like a guy like this who's like yourself, hungry. You're fighting another guy clawing his way up to the side of the to the of the top of the hill. Yeah. But then you fight a uh, you know like you know again like uh, Kevin Holland just ran into Derek Brunson or uh, Shabazzian ran into Derek Brunson. These fucking veterans who have seen everything. So like there's just no easy fights. It's either a guy who you're who is desperate to get to where you're trying to get, or a guy who has fought everybody and seen everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And it's it's a gamble with the veterans. Sometimes like you know. They're there. They don't want to. You know, they're not just there to receive their paycheck. You know, they're, they're there to prove they still got it. And you know, that's they got that experience and they've seen everything. They fought everyone. They're not phased. Then you get the young, hungry guy. He sort of he hasn't experienced that. He's sort of reckless. You know, makes wild mistakes and stuff. So it's, they both got their own uh, risk reward sort of thing. I'll tell you, talking to Arnold, I'm, I'm, it's making me think of that show I've been watching, Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, Peaky you ever watch that show? Yeah, man, I love that show. Love that show. There you go, Jimmy. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. I only saw one episode. I didn't love it, but everyone is saying it's really good, so I probably should give it another yeah, shot. Yeah, it's great. It's a great show. Now, let me. Now, something. Let's talk a little un, unrelated to MMA. Give me, give me yeah. a, a hobby, a series you're watching, a book you've read. Give me something. Yeah. Give me something unrelated. Uh, so I like watching Vikings. You know the show Vikings. I love Vikings. Man. The fucking yeah. best. The best. Yeah. It might it. be my number one series ever. It really, yeah. up, it's up there, Jimmy. Really, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, such a great show. You know what? I, so I was watching it because so in England, where I'm from, it's uh, East Anglia, like where the Vikings invaded. That's like where I am there. So I was watching it, and they're taking over my my village. They're taking over my town. And I was like, fuck. Ah! <laughs> You're <laughs> probably so rooting against those fucks. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you, it's such an interesting show because. They get into the philosophy of the different gods, the pagan uh, philosophy versus the Christians. And it's just very, it's deeper than you think. It's more than just a yeah. bunch of people with pickaxes. You know what That's I mean? That's it. Yeah, it's interesting. I love the history of that stuff. I'm telling you, it's, su- it's such a good show. And when you're watching it, even the one, even like you're, you, you get to like really like care about some of these characters, but then you're looking at what they're doing, they're just, attacking villages and slaughtering people you're like they're not exactly great it's just, this is just their way but yeah, man, yeah. it's not exactly great people <laughs> just raping your village <laughs> it's fucking crazy you yeah know? but you end up caring about them you know that's it man yeah it's a great show i'm glad you brought that one up i haven't watched it i've seen it again one time one episode out of respect i have to watch it i can't commit you gotta be ready to commit to a series when there's yeah. six seasons of something like i'm watching a unabomber thing now there's a few episodes i'll be fucking done with it you know but i, I can't commit to any long 
series anymore. Um, I just kind of have to fall into it. I like the true crime stuff because it's a few episodes and you're kind of finished. You, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. you like the miserable stuff. I'm a miserable person, so it's perfect. Works out well. Um, so, what, yeah, is that what you kind of do in your – what do you do in your spare time besides like, like besides uh, watching? Is there anything you love to do that has nothing to do with MMA? Yeah, so I, I do all sorts of shit. Really. I like getting out of the but I've got, got a Jeep, so I do a lot of off-roading. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so I'm always looking for trails. I get that thing stuck in some mud. Funny enough, oh, you like that? Yeah, yeah. So, like, on the weekend, like, after training, I've got, say, Saturday evening until Sunday, I can sort of relax. So I'll take my Jeep up into the mountains and, uh, yeah, I actually – and then he rolled it over pretty bad a few weeks ago. So I was, I was, I was shitting myself. So up in uh, Canada, it's all like obviously pretty cold a few weeks ago, all the ice, the mountains and all that. I was driving my Jeep up this mountain and I got stuck on like a cliff edge. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> like this thing's going to roll. And all I was thinking, I was like, I'm fighting in three weeks. Like last thing I want is this thing to roll while I'm in it. And I was just sitting there, like I had to call some people to come help and uh, eventually got it out. But yeah, it wasn't uh maybe need some new hobbies because that was that was pretty risky. Yeah, how'd you get stuck on a cliff? Was it snow? Was it just mud right by the edge? Yeah, so because it's all the snow and the ice, it's all like melting. So I'm going up the mountain and just lost grip basically. And I started sliding towards the edge. Oh yeah, I was just hanging over a cliff and uh I was there with my missus and she's like, I was like, Yeah, you might you might want to get out of the car. And she's crying, she's like, I don't want to lose you. <laughs> I was like, oh. like, yeah, it's all right, we'll be all right. Oh my goodness, I wouldn't want to lose you. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I don't think Jimmy would have handled it like that. <laughs> no, most women most women I've dated would have yelled at me, my purse, hand me my purse Ooh. as I was sitting in the yeah. car. They would have been happy to see me go over the edge. Yeah, find a new hobby, dude. That's crazy. That's that's a real. That's I, you're the first guy we've had on that said that, yeah. and that's an extremely dangerous uh, yeah. thing to do. Uh, yeah, I know. The worst thing is that the other thing I like doing is uh, like mountain biking when the weather's nice, but like proper mountain biking, you know, like jumping and stuff. So, oh, that oh, yeah. that kind of like almost like BMX type shit. Not right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I love that shit, man. I love it. But yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work too good. You fall off, you're going to break your wrist or something. Yeah, can't fight. So <laughs> This is all young guy stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Young, he's full of piss and vinegar, Jimmy. You know, yeah. he's for a living. We're saying this is dangerous. The guy's going to be locked in a cage with another man. That's right. <laughs> I can't, listen, I'm really looking forward to this weekend, man. Yep, great co-main event, great main event. I really enjoy your fighting. Thank you, man. really appreciate yeah. it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's good talking to you, man. Have a great fight, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Um, if anytime you want to come back, uh, really nice talking to you, and um, excellent co-main event this uh, this Saturday night. Thanks so much. So, uh, good luck, Arnold. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Arnold Allen and Marvin Vittori. So we got half the co-main and half the uh, main event. That worked out really nice. Throwing a comedian, and it's a party. Uh, yeah, perfect. In a couple of days, we got other stuff. Amy and yes. Maya, which rumored he's gonna be fighting Bilal Muhammad, and you yep. know Bilal was supposed to, you know, he got poked in the eye by um, by uh, Leon Edwards, who was fighting Nate Diaz. By the way, he wanted to fight him in a rematch, Bilal, but now he's got Damian Maya. But when he found out he wasn't gonna fight him, Bilal said, "Bilal, <laughs> I mean, I ruined it. Let me do that again. Let me do that again." Okay. So when Bilal found out that um, he wasn't getting a rematch, you know, ver- 
Oh, I'm lightheaded. Jimmy just fucking X'd out of the I'm Sorry. not even going to finish my humor. No, I'm not going to do it. Like, this is what I get. This is almost like you trying to act like a fighter. I'm not a comedian. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your friend. I try to make I know, myself laugh, and sometimes I try to make you cringe. You, no, you always make me happy. Hell, don't like it. Mm-mm-mm. By the way, Matt, since you're you're you, you know since you don't uh, you don't object to people enjoying cannabis, um, I will say. What are you talking about this, Chip? Chip Chipperson has a 420 section on his website, and I'm going to let you, Matt, go and pick yourself a 420 shirt from Chip's Wait, he website. He has a 420 shirt, Chip? You sent me one, Jimmy. I'll wear that. What does it look okay, like? Okay, well, you got to pick one. Look? You got to go to ChipChipperson.com. Is that one. because the, that, that marijuana is, is it legal now in New York? Is that what I'm hearing? I believe so, yeah. Like, they, there's this not, it's decriminalized, legalized. Yeah, I believe. I, I don't want to get you arrested, but I think well, so. Jimmy, I love it. I love it. And I love the fights this weekend. And I love, I love a lot too. of things. And I love my little Jimmy Bird. Don't say it back. Yeah, I will. I will. When you're ready. I love you too. When you're ready. Uh, Jimmy, let's go. Anything to plug? Nope, just the Chip uh, Chip's website. The new podcast is up. It's a really funny moment. Joe, uh, Joe DeRosa, Ron Bennington. Um, a really good episode. So, yeah, tune in. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple days. See you in a couple days on Filtered Army. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.